well, it's fine. You know, I mean, it can be on paper that you can be taller than me in the frame because it's a video podcast and an audio podcast. It's the Shooting USA podcast from the 2019 USPSA Multi-Gun Nationals. The esteemed president of the USPSA, Mike Foley, is my guest. Mike, welcome to the podcast, sir. That got us in. And there's a lot to talk about, as always. When we sit down for these, we just thoroughly unpack all of the good things that surround the USPSA's national. In this case, it's Multi-Gun in its new home for 2019, the Universal Shooting Academy. Take a breath, John. You know, the multi-gun has been out west for the last 11 years. This is the first time it's been in the eastern United States in 11 years. And because of that, we've been able to put together uh, some stages on this terrain uh, that have never been seen before. Well, that I think is the interesting thing about this. And I spoke with Shannon at length about it. Shannon Smith, who's uh, he's the match director and he's the director of training and competition here at Universal Shooting Academy, about the adaptability of their ranges here. It's not just a flat pistol bay set of ranges. Right. You don't need tall mountains and scenic views to put together uh, changes in altitude, changes in terrain. Uh, there's uh, stage one over there, which mm -hmm. is a uh, shotgun, uh, birdshot slug, and rifle long range out to 415 yards or so from two positions, including that swinging rope. And there's at least a 12 feet change in elevation from the time you start until you get back to the, the last shooting position. You're going up a hill, across a sandbar, back down a hill, and, and those are exciting. Well, let's not discount the fact that you're running in sand through that jungle run portion of that course of fire. There's a heart rate element in that you're going to be pumping and running the shotgun to get through all of that as quickly as you can. You got to keep up with bird and then loading your slugs. And then it's a transition to some long range rifle and two shooting positions for rifle. One very stable and one slightly less stable. And then on stage one, you have to be cautious that you don't step on an alligator in the process. Well, that's the thing too. There is the local, uh, the local fauna is, uh, is present here. We've seen some, we've got some photo evidence of them uh, being present. No uh, close encounters, if you will, but they are definitely here, but they're everywhere. I mean, if you're in the desert, they're there too. They're there. They are there is the proper English. So it's a, it's taking on the idea of moving a nationals after 11 years in one general location, you know, a couple of different ranges, but pretty well located out there in Vegas or otherwise and moving it all the way across the country. That's a big endeavor. It is. And as usual, when we look for a partner for such an endeavor, we look for people who are in the match production business, like Shannon Smith and Universal Shooting Academy. Uh, the other uh, challenge is uh, sometimes it takes the competitors a year or two to realize where you've moved. Yep. So you'll see a slight dip, dip in attendance, but we were very uh, positive that the dip wasn't too bad here. Uh, we also had uh, a lot of people uh, excited because they were going to be able to shoot the multi-gun nationals on their side of the country for the first time in a long time. Some of them just couldn't make the truck, you know, yep. otherwise they're local here in Florida, Georgia, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, a lot of those folks are excited. The top shooters, as usual, are all here. Yep. Uh, they're going to go wherever we go. Right. Which is good. And um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's shaped up to be... Uh, a different set of challenges than we've seen in a while. Uh, this was an aggressive uh, physical match, not in the sense that we were uh, traversing obstacles and things like that, but there was uh, a lot of movement, a lot of shooting, 
uh, a lot of fast-paced running, a lot of elevated heart rate stuff. Uh, you had to pace yourself and know your, uh, you know, know what your strong suits are, know what your skill set uh, prefers. Uh, I, I know we'll talk about the options, but you know, I'm, we're looking right now at directly at stage two, and I bet I saw ten stage plans there, and they were all within a couple of seconds of one another. Yep. The other aspect here that I think is very interesting is how the idea that every shooter needs to be able to complete these courses of fire is written in and at the same time these are national level courses of fire this is worthy of figuring out who is the best tac optics multi-gunner who is the best limited multi-gunner and who is the best open division multi-gunner these are real shooting tests that will define that person absolutely and 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 that is obvious when you talk to uh, former uh, or past national multi-gun champions like Daniel Horner and Keith Garcia. The three of us were having a conversation yesterday. They loved the change in format and they loved the skills test. Uh, they, they, they praised how we integrated uh, stage management uh, with three guns, accuracy, uh, movement, uh, low positions, high positions, diagonal ports, you know, they were uh, very complimentary of that. And, and for me to have, the, you know, arguably two of the best multi-gunners in the world talk about how great the match is tells, you know, a story. Yet, you know, your, your entry-level shooters or guys who maybe are past their prime are also having the time of their life here. Well, interestingly enough, there are shooters of all levels and all capabilities working their way through these courses of fire. and. There are some timeouts there, you know, and that's in place. That's going to be built in, and that's one of those things that you just have to accept as a, as a C or a D level shooter. When you get to a national level competition, you may not make it all the way through some of these long range courses of fire and so on. But I believe, just by my finger on the pulse of this match, everybody here is having a great time. Absolutely. We need a new muffler on the Yamaha, and maybe some lube. <laughs> Just a quick interlude while uh, while that guy moves through. The uh, the scenic backdrop that we've chosen once again is the clubhouse area for the Universal Shooting Academy, and the Polk County Central Florida Visitors Bureau is predominantly displayed there. Are they again in support of this event? Absolutely. Uh, they'll be hosting us tonight at the awards dinner uh, in a facility that they have over in Winter Haven. Neat. Uh, it's a very nice air-conditioned facility. Nice. Uh, from what I hear, they're serving a really good dinner over there. Pork chops about an inch and a half thick. I like all of this. Yeah. I, I think that this is all very positive. But we're going to have that stage and that venue for our awards and our prizes. And uh, we're very happy about that. Uh, visit Central Florida and Polk County have been uh, key in helping us produce better, bigger, more quality events here. It's an exciting partnership because it is out of industry. I mean, they're, they're a tourism bureau, part of the state of Florida. They deal with the people who come here for conventions, who come here for the amusement parks and so on. And it's, I think, a very uh, empowering relationship for the USPSA to have uh, something like that in place. It is indeed. Uh, it's uh, amazing to me that in the shadow of Walt Disney World and Universal Studios and all of the tourist things that they have to do around here in addition to 
you know, the south of here, the Everglades community, all of the fishing and, and, and all, all of the other sport opportunities. There's an air show in town yep. that we're still important to them and they want us to be here and their merchants want us to be here and they really treat us like family when you're here. That's neat and it would be neat if it were that way everywhere we go across the country. Uh, I'm glad that it's that way here. Um, one thing we can't uh, we can't touch on or we need to touch on we can't stress enough is it's springtime in South Florida and a number of the competitors have come uh, from the Northeast and commented on how they weren't ready for high 80s and humidity uh, benefit hindrance how do you feel about all that you know I've shot multi-gun in the four corners of this country and every time that you change altitude, every time that you change location, there are things we deal with. Uh, I've shot matches with uh, unexpected snow on the ground. I've mm -hmm. shot matches where the uh, air was so thin at the altitude that some people just couldn't adjust from this part of the country. Uh, if you live in a dry climate and you come here, the, the humidity is a factor. But those are all part of managing yourself and your equipment and your body to win these competitions. And our yep. competitions are very dynamic. Yep. So to have them in places where the weather is also dynamic, I think is an enhancement to the, to the fun factor at a certain point. For sure. And for me, at least, it's a good time of year to get out and start, you know, getting some vitamin D a little bit. You got to manage <laughs> it. and got the arm sleeves going to make sure we don't burn and so on. But, you know, sunblock is key, especially when it's you know, no full sun in Central Florida this time of year. Absolutely. The um, there's one thing that I think we need to unpack a little bit, just to kind of manage some some front and back when it comes to uh, a particular stage in this match. And Shannon and I discussed it in the podcast uh, that he and I did yesterday. He sees it as a win for the competitors who figured it out. And we're talking about stage seven. It's a true multi-gun course of fire. There are two shooting areas. Shooters, by the design of the course of fire, are forced to be in both to address all of the targets. And the long guns are staged in buckets in the forward shooting area. Shooters, about midway through day one, maybe a little later on, figured out that within the rules of the USPSA, they could save themselves some running back and forth on that stage. Let's talk about that because there has been, you know, there have been a lot of questions. Many of them came from me, admittedly, uh, because I would have bet a $100 bill that you can't place a loaded rifle on the ground at your feet and continue a course of fire, but it turns out within the rules of the USPSA that you can't. Absolutely. Those rules aren't new. They've been there since 1983 in our handgun sport. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe before that, but certainly since 83. I researched it last night. They've been in the multi-gun sport since the first USPSA multi-gun in 2004. Uh, I know this because I found myself a follow of that rule in 2004. Yeah. But in, um, in that instance, the, the rule in section 10 of the multi-gun rules simply states that as long as you're in, in, in constant contact and control of that firearm and place it on the ground in a safe condition that you can retrieve it again and re-engage targets with it. The only caveat is is that in the rule it specifically states that you can't move more than one yard away from it mm -hmm. because that's considered abandonment. Mm -hmm. So in that particular case on seven, more astute competitors, more experienced competitors, or simply people who know how to read were able to put those just a little bit, yeah. We're able to put the put those firearms on the ground, do what they needed to do, 
then pick the other one back up and, 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 and finish with it. So in, in that case, we did have a couple of competitors get more than a yard away and get right. disqualified, including a very, very good multi-gun competitor. In his case, he knew the rule and was taking advantage of it, yep. but tripped over the fault line and just got a few inches outside of where he needed to be. Yep. Uh, he was obviously a gentleman about it because he understood the, yep. the risk versus reward when he did it. Uh, I had a, a few seasoned multi-gunners approach me last night about this, you know, wh where is this rule and, and how is that possible? And I'm shocked that they hadn't read it before, they hadn't seen it, because again, it's been there since 1983 in one form or another. The thing that Shannon and I delved into in, a, in the podcast that he and I did about this specific subject, number one, from the standpoint of the guy who created the course of fire and put it on the ground, he sees it as a win for competitors. Competitors figured out how to, how to better that course of fire. And he's talked about specifically not putting a long gun dump barrel in that rearward shooting area so that, you know, just to avoid the idea that somebody might try to ground a rifle in such a way and run into a, run into a 180 violation or have a situation like that. So he was looking for the run forward, run back, run forward, run back. And he even shot the course of fire that way during the, during the match. As the match director, he was thrilled that they had figured out a better way to do it within the rules. As a competitor, he was frustrated that he hadn't figured it out and didn't get the benefit. That's, that's it. And, and in, in those instances, we have to remember that practical shooting is really a dynamic mix of being able to shoot fast, shoot accurately, use all of your physical ability to gain every second, every quarter second, every tenth of a second, but to also be able to use your mind to solve problems. There you go. And if you don't know the rules, you don't know where the loopholes in the rules are that will help you be better. Also remarkable, every person since the first guys did it yesterday morning, every person since then has done it top-level grandmaster all the way down to D-level club guys. And that's, and that's how it works. The first guy to figure it out, everyone else follows it. And so what you want to be is be that guy. There you go. That, I think, speaks to the fun that is multi-gun. And it's the fun that is USPSA. It's fun when you're shooting pistol. It's really fun when you're shooting PCC, believe me. But it's even more fun when you got all three guns in play. It is. I am excited about the evolution and the prevalence in the open division of the magazine fed shotguns. I think that is going, that, I mean, I believe that to be the future of open division multi-gun competition. It has certainly moved a long way. I saw a magazine yesterday in one of those platforms that almost touched the ground. Right. The thing had to have 25 rounds in it. I mean, it, from a practical standpoint, is that usable in a real world scenario? How, do, you know, I mean, what, what are the applications other than sport? That's not the conversation here. It's all about going as fast as you can, and then I think it becomes a challenge for guys who are designing stages, like Shannon, to put things in place for shotguns that might level the playing field a little bit. And he did a great job of that. Shannon had three stages in this match that were a tribute to classic three-gun. What I mean by that is there was a pistol-only, a rifle-only, and a shotgun-only stage here. Right. In the mix with nine other stages that required two or three guns. But in the all-shotgun stage, regardless of what your capacity is, the ability to manage birdshot and buckshot on steel, 
clay and paper targets came into play. Uh, the uh, seasoned multi-gunners have a term for that. They call it candy cane right. because they're, they're alternating different ammunitions right. such in, a, in a stripe format. But in, even in a magazine-fed shotgun, an extra shot can change what ammunition that you have in the gun. And I shared with you that I got to the last position of that gun shooting a uh, swinging clay mm -hmm. and was shooting it with federal flight control buckshot, <laughs> which is uh, almost like lobbing a softball at a moving clay target. Right. Uh, fortunately, I, I took it down, but it's the ammunition I had in the gun. Right. Well, I mean, in that at that point, you can shoot a clay bird with buck, so that's cool. On that stage, yes. Yes. And, uh, it's like at that point it's like this is what we have to work with let's make it work absolutely you'll, you'll, you'll take the ammunition you have not the ammunition you want excellent well anything we missed because I feel like we've walked all the way through this thing it's been a it's been a fantastic weekend here in uh, Central Florida and for those of you who missed it you missed it absolutely awesome there's more from the multi-gun nationals stay tuned